Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, January 23rd. It is seven minutes after nine and you're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. So there's this kink song that keeps coming in my head. Line in the song says, here we go round again. There's more and there's more and there's more. I th- I'm sorry. Uh, you said the song Kinks, like by the the group, the, the Kinks. Kinks. I thought you said there's this kink song. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a way to start our Monday. Anything to get more listeners, Rob. I'll do anything. <laughs> no, it's the Kinks. Here we go round uh, again. I see. It was ne- not nearly as fun as I had anticipated. Go ahead. And that's what we're doing with President Biden. The DOJ officials found more documents with classified markings at his Wilmington, Delaware home. This was during a search on Friday. His personal lawyer said in a statement that the Justice Department was given access to the president's home after previous searches in recent weeks turned up 11 classified documents. He said the DOJ requested that the search not be made public in advance. And they were given access to the president's home, including personally written notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, to-do lists, schedules, and reminders going back decades. So what we really have learned is that our president is a hoarder. They described this, his attorney, Biden's attorney, as a planned, these are the words he used, planned and consensual Mm -hmm. search. It's like they're having a baby. Because, Casey, nothing says fair and impartial administration of justice like letting the potential suspect in question know, hey, we're coming in at such and such a time, so if you could just be completely above board Mm -hmm. and not touch or manipulate anything, that'd be great. (laughs) Uh, I guess I missed the planned and consensual search on Trump's home. Mm -hmm. It it was planned. Well, it was not consensual. (laughs) what, What is going on here? The search lasted about 13 hours, and uh, the FBI conducted the search this time. They had not in the past. It had been all lawyers, but this time the DOJ was involved in form of the FBI. President Biden wasn't there, by the way. He spent the weekend in Rehoboth, Delaware, which is about 90 miles south of Wilmington. How do these politicians have all these homes? (laughs) Because they have all this money. Yeah, where does it come from? Well, I think we're getting to the bottom of that, actually. Okay, so my favorite part of all of this was the weekend talk shows. Oh, they were loaded, weren't they? we have to play some audio from Democrat senators. Mm -hmm. It is just, we have three pieces of audio here. They're all just equally outstanding. And I want to start with Chris Coons, who is a a senator from Delaware. Mm -hmm. And... He literally tells ABC, it's fine because Biden had no no idea those documents were even there. But how can he say he takes classified material seriously when some of what was found may have been in his home for more than a decade and he seemingly had no idea? Well, the important point there, Martha, is that he had no idea. 
Um, as you know, if you're serving in the Senate or as vice president or president, you literally get millions of documents uh, coming through your office a week in and week out. And as you get more senior and as the matters that you're handling are more important and occasionally more classified, the volume gets higher. So um, I do think this was inadvertent. The whole point of having a special counsel is to ensure that and to give the American people confidence in that. Uh, but frankly, Martha, I also don't think this is an issue that's keeping Americans up at night. So which is more concerning, that he took the documents or that he had no idea that he took the documents? You know what it reminds me of? Uh-huh. Family Matters. Oh, yes. Do you remember that yes. TV show? Oh, yes. And, and Urkel? Yes. When he used to say, did I do that? Did I do that? Did I do that? Did I do that? One more. Did I? There we go. Four times now, documents have been found. Did I do that? Hey, real quick, can I just say, speaking of Urkel, Reginald Bell Johnson, Mm -hmm. who played Carl Winslow on Family Matters, also played Al Powell in Die Hard, is back on commercials. I think it's Geico. Yeah. He is, like, featured in, uh, I think it's a car insurance commercial, and I think it's Geico. And it is so great to see Reginald Bell Johnson because I had no idea... What had happened to him, and now he's back making the big bucks again. Now you know. Doing mega commercials. For Geico. Uh, Okay, that was clip one. Mm -hmm. Clip two, a random, confused, likely accidental act of journalism over at CNN. They had Dick Durbin, Mm -hmm. who is a senator from Illinois, and they... (laughs) I love this. I have no idea why they did this, but it's great. They showed him a clip of himself... (laughs) saying how outraged he was over Trump's handling of documents. Then he tries to say he's not as outraged over Biden because, well, it's it's different. I want to play something that you said last year about the classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago resort. It's an outrage. It is a literal outrage for the president to take this important information down to his home in Florida and then store it in a closet with traffic people back and forth in his resort and golf course is an outrage. Is it also an outrage for the current president to have what appears to be multiple classified documents in multiple locations? At its heart, the issue is the same. Those documents should not have been in the personal possession of either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But what happened and followed from it is significantly different. Locking key in Florida, bad. <laughs> Wet garage, Delaware. That's okay. That's good. All right. So our last piece of audio, and this is the question that I had, and again, credit the media actually asking these senators these questions, is how does a senator even because this these items they are claiming came from when Joe Biden was in the Senate. Mm-hmm. How does a senator take classified material home? And they asked Tim Kaine, who's a senator from Virginia, also a Democrat, and he said, no idea. Senator, yesterday for the fifth time, we learned about this other tranche of classified information being kept at the president's um, personal uh, residence. It, how does a senator accidentally take classified material home? Um, Margaret, I I don't really know the answer to that question um, because I I review classified material as a senator on the Armed Services and Foreign Relations Committees. But when I do it, it's always in a classified facility 
where I don't have access to uh, the materials other than to sit there and read them. So that's why there needs to be this independent investigation and independent prosecutor. How many documents are we talking about? Dozens, a handful or hundreds. Um, how serious are they? Um, why were they taken? Did anyone have access to them? Okay, so from what I've been able to find is that the government has three levels of classification. They are confidential, secret, and then top secret. The lowest level could damage national security. The other two refer to information that is serious, secret, or exceptionally grave if it were to get out. Oh, that's top secret. There you go. It's the highest level. And deciding what information is classified apparently is subjective, and the different agencies disagree about different classifications all the time. Okay. Hey, when we come back, there was a funeral over the weekend, mm-hmm. celebration of life, whatever you want to call it, for Diamond of Diamond and Sill. Mm-hmm. And it went completely off the rails. And I have a question for you about funeral etiquette. Okay, that's coming up from 93. WIBC, good morning. There it is. Here we go round again. 18 minutes after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's take a look at some trending stories. Hey, hey, real quick, before before you do that, that's the Kinks, right? Yeah, that's the Kinks. All right, well, since it's a day and you preemptively stole my Harry Chapin day, (laughs) let's challenge Kevin to see if he can come up with, what would we be? We'd need like eight more songs from the Kinks. Kinks songs? Yeah, let's see. Let's see what, there's a couple super hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Let's, okay, that's your challenge today. It's Kinks Day. Yeah, I guess. That's what we're just doing going forward. Everybody's going to have a day going forward. Okay. And then we'll just run out of days, and then we'll just recycle the days. But I guess preemptively, Kevin just took it into his own hands mm-hmm. and well, he found kinda, the song i kind of forgot about harry chapin day well I you're gonna turn, get it you're I gonna could, get it tomorrow buddy i could turn things around no yeah, right here. <laughs> no no kevin you just you just keep forgetting about let's, harry let's chapin see day. if you can come up with eight more <laughs> songs from the kinks that people would recognize all right i think we should uh, okay. throw that out to our listeners and let them decide what day it should oh be. no yeah no these 317-684-8444 people- you pick I don't know about that. <laughs> These people have enough power as it is. So, no, don't call. The phone lines need to be open for the topics we discuss, Casey. <laughs> okay. Go ahead with the trending stories. Uh, Chris Cuomo's <laughs> trending. He says he was emotionally and psychologically beat up after being fired from CNN. That was in a recent interview. Also trending is the Pantone color of the year. You know, every year Pantone comes out with their new color. This year's color is 18750. Viva Magenta. It is a hot pink color. Remember when you get those box of crayons when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. And there'd be like, if you for Christmas, if your if you your grandma would get you the super duper box, the sixty four box well, with the but, sharpener in the back. Yeah, but the, well, is that how they did it in the sixties? <laughs> is that was that the big giveaway? In the sixties, I wouldn't know. Uh, for those of us who grew up in the nineties, uh-huh. there was like a hundred and eighty cra- crayon box. And there were all sorts of like hyper octo magenta mm-hmm. red seven, 
Who would need a Hyper Octo Magenta Red 7? <laughs> well, I don't even know what color you just described to me. It's a hot pink, Viva Magenta. Why didn't they just say hot pink? It's brave and fearless. Our color of the year is hot pink? <laughs> well, because they have to give it a better oh, name than I that. See. Yeah, you got to sell stuff, right? Yep. Finally trending, Pamela Anderson. She is claiming that Tim Allen flashed his parts to her while on set of... Home Improvement when she was 23 years old. She also claims that the stolen sex tape of her and Tommy Lee ruined their relationship and he was the one true love oh, of her life. Yeah, right, yeah, because yeah, they were just the staple of dependable and reliability and mm-hmm. that sex tape is what did them in. Mm-hmm. Just n- neither one of them were on drugs of any sort. <laughs> I'm sure neither one of them were being promiscuous. I'm Yes, absolutely, Casey. I wholeheartedly believe that And that statement makes me believe everything else that you just said. She's got a new book out. It's called, Uh, well, actually, it's on pre-order. You can order it. It's called Love, Pamela. And it's about her life as a mother, an activist, and an actress. uh, And she's super proud of the book. Because when you think Pam Anderson, I am super interested in her life as a mother and an (laughs) activist, right? (laughs) I am sure they are flooding a local (laughs) Barnes & Noble uh, to learn about Pam Anderson's life as an activist. It is 21 minutes after nine. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And the memorial for Lynette Diamond Hardaway, which is half of the pro-Trump vlogging duo Diamond and Silk, that took place this weekend. And it took a dark turn when Silk, the remaining half of Diamond and Silk, detailed her sister's final moments. And she alluded to nevarious activities and... Okay, cause so, of death. Okay, so I'm going to play you the audio because I'm not sure yeah. it did take a dark turn. And that's what I want to ask you is if it took a dark turn. Okay. Because it's very clear if you kind of parse through this, they think she was killed by the vaccine, basically. Mm-hmm. she The COVID vaccine. Yep. So I'm going to, let's play this audio. It's a little long, but it's totally worth it. And then I have a funeral etiquette question for you because I want to determine if indeed it did take a tar- dark turn. Go ahead. And another thing. Instead of asking if Americans are vaxxed or unvaxxed, the real question to ask is, are Americans being poisoned? In the wild, when they want to depopulate and sterilize a large group of animals, they usually inject one animal. And then that one animal infect the rest of the animals. So technically, and according to the science, it doesn't matter if you're vaxxed or not. As long as the gain of function allows one injected person to transfer and affect another person, and that person affect another person, eventually everyone will be affected in one way or the other. So, in case some of you have been hiding under a rock, or still stuck in denial, people are dropping dead around here. And nobody's talking about it. They're dropping dead suddenly and unexpectedly. The catchphrase is sad, S-A-D, sudden adult death syndrome. Many calls it a conspiracy theory. I call it murder. Okay, that was so 
I guess, awkward before we get into the funeral etiquette question that because, you know, Trump's never one to play fast and loose with the truth. Mm -hmm. So there's all these pictures, obviously, because these women did all these Trump rallies. Mm -hmm. They were at the White House together. There's like a gajillion photos of them with Trump. That was so awkward that Trump gets up and speaks at this woman's eulogy, funeral, whatever you want to call it. And he tries to go, yeah, I don't even know that silk lady. And... You know, the world has lost one of its brightest stars, real star, but I see that uh, we have another star who is equal to, but she stepped up and she is different. I'm, I'm serious. I thought I knew them both. I didn't. I knew I knew Diamond, but I didn't know Silk at all. I've just learned about Silk. You're fantastic. You're going to carry on beyond, beyond anybody's wildest imagination. So I, I don't know if he was trying to say, well, I just learned that you were spitting fire, which that's mm-hmm. clearly not true. They've been at all his rallies. And that's another conversation. Do you think about, he meant, I, I didn't know the real her. I got to know her better. They were at the White House in the Oval Office, Casey. <laughs> well, they he, spoke at all his events. There's tons of photos of them together. This is why Trump cannot be in charge of anything because I didn't even know this lady. Mm-hmm. I learned so much. Bull. But that's not what I want to ask you. What I want to ask you is funeral etiquette. Mm-hmm. Because some people might hear what uh, Silk said yeah. and go, well, that's kind of inappropriate. You know, it was a funeral. It's to memorialize this person and remember her fondly. D- if you believe something strongly and you believe the person that you're eulogizing be- would have wanted you to say this out loud, mm-hmm. are you violating some sort of etiquette rule by taking a funeral to launch into something the way that's, that Silk did? Right. Should, should I just get up there and say, <clears throat> uh, Jason Hammer was the greatest guy that ever lived, and that's it? We don't, of course, want anything to happen to Hammer, but that was just the first name that popped in my head. Sorry, Hammer. Uh, (laughs) Or if something happened and you say, I believe this happened to my friend and my friend would want me to speak out about Mm -hmm. it. Do you have an obligation to shut up and say nice things at a funeral or can you carry on their work? Yes. Okay. I did look, look at this and the etiquette is that you should personalize it and that should only be led by the next closest of kin. So this is her sister, her dynamic duo partner, right? right? They were in the trenches together. And so Silk knew Diamond best. Yes. And it would be up to Silk to lead that narrative, okay. which she did. See, yeah, people say, well, it took a dark turn. Well, what if that's sh- what she thought? That- like, here's the thing, Casey. If I die under suspicious circumstances mm-hmm. and you are giving my eulogy. It wouldn't be up to me. It would be up to your wife. No, no, I'm telling you right now on public airwaves that you can hear from Ohio to Illinois and all points in between. You make sure everyone knows who the most likely culprits are okay. of my untimely death. <laughs> okay. You say, Holcomb was a terrible governor. Mm-hmm. Todd Young is a terrible <laughs> senator. You let these people have it you do what you think i would want done okay and i'm telling you right now you have my permission to do that you heard it well i hope nothing happens to you ever (laughs) so we don't have to go down that road you're about like one of five people who would actually say that and mean it (laughs) i'm a fan but it should be with your wife's permission because if she says no i'm done i don't want to go there anymore 
then we have to respect I'm that. I'm giving you permission, Casey. <laughs> okay. If I die under suspicious circumstances, you may. You RG, make sh- no matter what you want, he told me to do it. You make sure that I, that I go out letting Holcomb and Todd Young and the rest of those underachievers know exactly what I thought of In them. In a blaze of glory. Yeah, All go. right, we've got the news coming up next from 93 WIBC. On a little trip, my supersonic ship at your disposal if you feel so inclined. All, all I gotta say, yeah, is if Lola does not make an appearance today, We're you're in big trouble, Kevin. I mean, that's one of their more famous songs, right. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You I didn't think I was going to play it? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying the fact that I have gifted the both of you mm-hmm. with this terrible music. <laughs> it's, I guess it's the kink's day because Kevin went into business for himself. Well, that was your call. Well, you'd already started it, Kevin. You'd already played the song. All else, what I'm going to say about uh, your little comment about Lola, uh, I'm kind of setting this up like a concert, so... Oh the, yeah, you want to wait. Yeah, the best songs the are saved for last. You okay. know that will be like probably the, the not encore. the encore, but it will be like <laughs> second to last. Because you know the end of Lola is one of the great lines in music history, where it goes something like, "I know what I am. I'm glad I'm a man, and so is Lola." Okay. And there you go. And that's how we walk <laughs> off stage today. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Mic drop. Hi. Good night, everybody. You know who else is walking off stage? Ron Klain, yes. the White House Chief of Staff. You're listening to Kennel and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's 934. So Ron Klain has spent two years as President Biden's top aide, and now he's saying bye-bye. And his departure is coming as the White House is struggling to contain the fallout of the classified documents coming out. And this is the first member of Biden's cabinet to step down. Biden's actually been praised for this, that no cabinet members have left his administration up until this point. So here's the question. Is Ron Klain leaving the sinking Titanic or is he being asked to walk the plank? Well, it's interesting, right? Because now the new thing in these cabinet level positions is, and you see this, especially with like the press secretaries, you go in there, you're there for a year maybe two, whatever, and then you skadoodle on out and get a TV show Mm -hmm. or go work at a news station or you write a book and you make a whole bunch of money, which again comes back to the thing of being in government is a super profitable proposition. Mm -hmm. And if you are Ron Klain, okay, so you know uh, you're through the midterms, you know, they staved off catastrophe and you know the ship, even if the ship doesn't sink, it's sputtering into shore. The next two years with these investigations, whatever, are likely to be a huge disaster. And you see, you know, a little pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Get Why it. wouldn't you take it? Get out while the getting's good. So they have selected his replacement. His name is Jeff Zients. That's going to be the next chief of staff. And he is the former COVID-19 response coordinator. <laughs> course he is right yeah they never pick somebody like this person has been uh you know the the point is the point is this guy is super wealthy by the way market watch had a thing about this guy's wealth and he's worth like 
$442 million or something like that. Who, the new guy or yes, the old the, guy? the new guy. The yes. new guy coming in? Yeah, and now the article, uh, I guess you only got one free article, and it asked me to pay a dollar a week. And I'm, I'm sorry, Market Watch, I'm not paying you a dollar a week. Uh, <laughs> so I can't see the article again. But yes, this guy is a super wealthy dude. And you know, Casey, we've said this before. You know the old saying, new year, new me? Mm-hmm. You know, where every year you're supposed to resolutions or whatever. My new year, new me is I need more wealthy friends. Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, I've been hanging out with poor people and it's just not doing you any good. not getting me anywhere. Okay, so this guy, he was the acting head of the office management and budget. And then he was asked to take over healthcare.gov website in 2013. And then he was later on the National Economic Council for the Obama White House. And then he was Biden's COVID-19 response coordinator. So he's been in government for a long time as well and he's got how much money oh yeah so fox news has it you don't have to pay for fox news this is perfect uh he disclosed in april 2022 that he owned between and i always this is the other thing i love about government um financial disclosures Mm -hmm. it's always some range so listen to this range that this guy put now it's not like he owned between 89 and 91 million dollars he owned between 89.3 million and 442.8 million that's that's a bit of a range, huh? Uh, uh, yes, that is a bit of uh, a, of a, a yes, Casey. That is a bit of a range. That so would Ron, be a good way to put it. Ron Klain is preparing to leave the White House sometime after the State of a State of the Union address on February seventh. Okay, here would be something interesting. All right, and I've long wondered this. Just like with coaching, I've said uh, Jim Ursa. This is what Jim Ursa should do with the Colts this next year. Yeah. Is that he should pick a random mm-hmm. fan, a season ticket holder. Like if you are a season ticket holder, you are in this lottery and if we choose you, you get to coach the team. And if the team does better than 4-12 and 1, mm-hmm. which is what they were this year, with a regular coach that or a re- regular fan as the coach, the Jim Mercy has to sell the team because clearly it's your terrible choices are the reason the team is doing so bad. I think we should do this with the government. We should pick random people for these positions. Like, just maybe they're Republicans, maybe they're Democrats. We don't know. You're in the lottery. We're drawing names. And if the na- random ass people off the street can do a better job, we'll set some parameters to judge better than. The president has to has to quit if the random people off the street can do a better Are job. Are doing better? Yes. Isn't it like what do you think? Volunteering for tribute. I like I like that idea because I think the random people could do a better job. Former President Donald Trump is urging lawmakers to prevent Democrats from digging into entitlement programs to pay for <laughs> Biden's quote reckless spending spree. So he said this in a campaign video. He posted this on Truth Social on Friday, and he vowed to protect seniors and hardworking American families by saving Social Security and Medicare. So he said, and we'll read what he said here first, because I don't want to be misquoted. The pain should be borne by Washington bureaucrats, not the hardworking American families and American seniors. The seniors are being absolutely destroyed in the last two years. Cut the hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars going to corrupt foreign countries. Mm -hmm. Cut the mass releases of illegal aliens that are depleting our social safety net and destroying our country, cut the left-wing gender programs from our military, cut the billions being spent from on climate extremism, cut waste, fraud, and abuse everywhere that we can find it, and there's plenty of it. Mm-hmm. Oak, oh, then he goes on to say, but do not cut the benefits our seniors worked for and paid for their entire lives. Say Social Security, don't destroy it. Okay, here's the problem. 
you could cut and i agree with him right nobody agrees with him more on the first part of that Mm -hmm. but it won't matter we are 31 trillion dollars in debt and you can cut all that discretionary spending you want in fact you could almost cut all the discretionary spending even the stuff that people go oh yeah that's a great great use of money until you are going to fix entitlement reform because they are going broke, right? This is the conversation that no one wants to have, which is that our entitlement programs have become legalized vote buying operations and they are simply unsustainable. And the fact that these politicians, of which Donald Trump was the president, so he knows this, just keep going, well, you can't this or you can't that, it, you are lying to future generations. It is not going to be there. Math tells you it is running. They are running mm-hmm. out of money. And when you just keep going, well, you can't cut this, and you keep giving massive increases, which Social Security did because of cost of living this this past year, mm-hmm. you're just just depleting the fund. I mean, it's just it's just a an intellectually dishonest thing to say to say you can't make any cuts or reforms to this program. For somebody thirty, for Kevin. For Kevin's, because Ke- Kevin is 27, mm-hmm. the idea that Social Security is going to be there as it exists today when Kevin turns, whatever, to 62 or whatever, 35 years from now, that's laughable. You are being intellectually dishonest with Kevin and people from Kevin's generation that, that this is just going to exist. Well, Trump's point is that you need to be cutting other areas. It doesn't matter, Casey. Social you, no, it doesn't matter. This is what I'm saying. That entitlement, because it's its own fund, is so going broke. Like, it's its own thing, and it's unsustainable. It is such a massive part of our, of our, our federal spending that you could cut all the other discretionary spending. It doesn't matter. You have to address all the stuff and for trump to be out there going well you shouldn't touch this you shouldn't reform this you should have an honest conversation even with someone my age because i'm not sure you know i'm i'm older than 10 years older than kevin i'm not i'm not sure my generation even is going to see it much less his Mm -hmm. and we should have enough respect for people kevin's age or people my age to say to be honest with them and look, say look, you got to plan something else exactly we've got to make changes to this mm-hmm. in order to ensure it continues to exist like if you came to me right now and said rob i will give you every penny you have put into social security and uh you can do with it as you wish and then you don't pay into it anymore and you, you know you don't but you don't get it at the end great absolutely the whole thing's a giant scam anyway it's basically a ponzi scheme this is why I get so upset with Trump. He knows better. He knows the math. He was the president. And he's saying intellectually dishonest things because he wants people's votes. Well, right. He's saying things that people want to hear. Yeah, let's cut other areas and keep Social Security. And a, a lot of people, you know, would agree with that and, and vote for him based on it. But Joe Manchin was telling CNN that spending cuts should be on the table for everything. So just to be clear, you think that the White House should come to the table and talk to Republicans about some cuts in spending in exchange for raising well, the I debt ceiling? At the time, Vice President Joe Biden did exactly that. But you just heard Dick Durbin, the number two Senate Democrat, saying times are different now and should be. I, I, we just respectfully disagree. Okay. And anything about it is every American has to live within a budget. If they don't, they're in trouble financially. Every business that's successful has to live within a budget. Every state has to live within a budget. Shouldn't the federal government have some guardrails to say, hey, guys, you're getting over, you're overreaching here and you're overspending? 
But he just voted to do more right. of it, Casey. I know. He's such a fair weather fan. It's like, where is the wind blowing today? He got what he wanted. He voted for that $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, secured what he wanted for West Virginia, stayed in office, right? Yes. Got what he wanted. And now he's saying we have to cut. Yes. And I want to see him run because he's up for election here in 2024 to run on cutting government spending. Mm-hmm. I want to see him go back to to West Virginia and run on cutting government spending because everything he does and everything he votes for involves more money for his home state. Casey, Yeah. when we come back, Mm -hmm. I have a question. I was watching a television show on on Friday and mm-hmm, Saturday mm-hmm. and and something happened there and I have a question for you about how you would handle if this hap- if this thing happened to you. Okay. It's coming up. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Rob had a big weekend watching On Patrol Live. <laughs> I watched Blue Hawaii, by the way, Friday night. I will tell you, let, I just have to get this out there. Yes. I had never seen Blue Hawaii, right. the Elvis movie before. And there's a scene in there where he spanks a 17-year-old girl. Uh-huh. Was she really 17 or just 17 in the movie? Well, she was 17 in the movie. I don't okay. know her real age. Well, that's a big di- there's a big difference. But he put her over his knee and spanked her. She was a real sourpuss. Uh-huh. And he, he was giving her some tough love yeah. and tried to turn her around. I, I tried desperately to get Kevin to randomly show up at your house know, on you Friday were, you about, about, on. Nine, about 9.30. I thought would be a good time for him mm-hmm. to just knock on the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Casey kind of invited me, but I wasn't sure if it was official invite. Kind of invited So him. I just played it safe and I didn't show up. Yeah. But bro, 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 if there's any doubt, you invite yourself. That's how this <laughs> operates. Yeah. Make them kick you out. And yeah. I, I was going to bring wine and all kinds of stuff, <laughs> That would be good. Rob knows that. Just show up. That's what I did to his house. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to keep that in he mind. He didn't think I was serious until I showed up. He was like, whoa, okay. By the way, speaking of, and then we'll get to this question that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Kevin sent me a photo of a, did, is this what you got at the Russian deli that time? Yeah, it was a uh, Bulgarian beer. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's holding this thing in his in his palm mm-hmm. and it's like a gigantic bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed on the thing, so this is from Bulgaria. Yeah. Purchased correct. at a Russian deli. Correct. And I noticed, I said there is no alcohol by volume mm-hmm. listed on this beverage, which I was under the impression that anything sold in this country, if it was alcohol, had to have an alcohol by volume listed, but maybe I misinterpreted that. Because why else would all the every provider, whether it's beer, whether it's vodka, whether it's you know tequila, whatever, it's got an alcohol by volume mm-hmm. listed. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a reason that they all do that. They don't all just do that out of the goodness of their heart, right? Yeah. Well, I just thought since it was an import, it's from Europe. I thought maybe they don't do that everywhere. Like they don't include the alcohol by uh, volume. How much poison you're putting uh, into your body? Yeah, but you were saying that. That's something that's regulated, or like, in order to sell it here, they would have to have it, I'm right? D- I'm just guessing that it that it must be, and maybe if someone you know is prominent in the liquor industry or has knowledge of this, they could let us know. We have a guy, Brad Kloppenstein. That's right, Kloppensteinstein yeah, could let us know. Yeah. Three one seven six eight four eight four four four. There has to be a reason that everyone else does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they wouldn't just, I mean, even if it's, you know, 5% alcohol by volume, if it's a light beer or whatever, they still 
list it yeah. all the way up to, you know, whatever it is, 40% or whatever. But the real question is, Kevin, were you hungover? Yeah, how bad was it? No, actually, I wasn't. And I had uh, a couple margaritas before that at a Mexican <laughs> restaurant nearby. Look at him. He's, he's mixing and everything. Yeah. <laughs> ah, to be young. Uh, that's very disappointing. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'd anticipated you waking up in a ditch somewhere after you drank that. No, but, I, but I, I felt great. That's very. So maybe somebody can let us know if that is a law where you mm-hmm. have to put the alcohol by volume, and if not, how the Bulgarian. How they get away with how it. How they're getting away with that. At the Russian deli. Uh, it, oh, yeah, it was a very good beer. I'll just say that. All all right, so here is my question for you. Speaking of drinking, uh, my Fridays and Saturdays now consist of watching On Patrol Live until yeah. midnight and then going to bed. Right. This is the show Dan Abrams hosts it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Sticks Larkin uh, is on there. It used to be Live PD, mm-hmm. and then it went away because mm-hmm. everybody got mad at the police, and now they brought it back as On Patrol Live. And they just follow various police departments across the country around. They're their lives, so theoretically anything can happen. Beach Grove is one of the police departments that is on this show. They pulled this guy over on Saturday mm-hmm. who was pretty obvious. Was he in Beach Grove? No, this was not. I can't remember exactly. I think this was in Virginia, but I could be wrong. Maybe South Carolina. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this dude... Had, was driving the wrong way Ooh. on the road. He had it very clearly driven off the road. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend, it appeared, had tried to help him push out of a ditch, and then obviously people had seen this, called the police, they show up. So this guy is getting questioned. He's His attorney will be super excited with him because he was playing total hardball with the cops. He wasn't taking any breathalyzers. He wasn't saying anything. The cop was getting very angry at him. He's like, bro, you're, you're clearly messed up. And he just would sit there with, big giant eyes and stare at him and I said this guy's attorney is going to love this dude because he's given him a chance to win the case so I'm sitting there watching this guy though because it's like this awkward silence with this cop and this guy clearly knows he's on TV because the cameras right. are there you almost got the bright sense, light right in your face since he knew the TV show mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking okay getting arrested or accused of a crime or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. would be bad enough but can you imagine being on Television while it's happening, while it's happening, live television. It'd be just t- like t- totally mortifying. Yeah, and and I'm curious, Casey, what would you do <laughs> if you were on live television while you were either getting arrested or being investigated uh-huh. with the strong potential of being arrested? Yeah, pass out. <laughs> I would be absolutely mortified. <laughs> I I. I'd like to think that I've got more personal pride than to put myself in that position. Yeah. But if it were to happen, I do. I think I, I would just pass out. I mean, you got to keep in mind that I have spent 30 years of my life making a living yeah. off of having a presentable demeanor. Yes. To be sponsored. Yes. Sponsorable content. Yes, absolutely. And then if I were on nationwide TV getting busted, I would just want to disappear. I would completely disconnect from my body. I think <laughs> during and after and after I, 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 I would. I would just, I would go live in a tent in the woods somewhere. Well, that is... Where a, nobody knows me. That is an interesting point, right? Because, like, there was one guy who was so drunk he couldn't even do the breathalyzer. Like, they kept going blow, 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 blow. He could, could not properly execute. And, and at some point... That person, someone knows that person, right? Sure. Now, I'm guessing this guy didn't have as much to lose as, say, you would. Like, his career may not be over. I'm guessing this guy was not working in a medical field of some sort or certainly not a television or radio personality. But you're forever the dude who couldn't blow 
Right. You know, could not execute the breathalyzer on live television. This guy who was pulled over, now whether he gets out of it, who knows, but it was pretty obvious the dude, there was something going on with this guy who's awkwardly getting basically berated by a cop on live PD. Yeah, like Iron Mountain, Michigan in the Upper Peninsula by Lake Superior is not far enough away. Like I would have to completely disappear so that I never heard about it again. Kevin, uh, Kevin, have you ever been arrested? No, I have not. That shocks me. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I've done pretty well, actually. Have you ever been interrogated by a police officer? No. I've actually, the closest I've had to that. Well, I got no content left because I thought that was totally going to be. I've gotten pulled over once and I got a speeding ticket. Just once? Yeah, just once. Good for you. I'm a a pretty good driver. Kevin's a good citizen. Good for you. And all the bad stuff he did was over in Germany, so there is no proof (laughs) that any of it. uh, That's true. International. Uh, You, I'm assuming, no. No. Never. I I have received a speeding ticket, Uh but I have never been interrogated by a police officer for any sort of alleged criminal behavior that I can remember. (laughs) It may have happened at three in Broad Ripple, and I just don't recall, but as far as I know, no. Hey, we've got Nikki Kelly joining us next from Indiana Capital Chronicle. Oh, and we're talking about how, well, my words, shifty it appears the Indiana Economic Development Corporation is. There it is. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good morning.